Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Football programs around the nation are in a full-blown panic trying to keep up with what's happening in East Lansing. They ain't gonna have no answer for Kate Hauser or Jeremy Bernard. Jeremy Bernard is the best receiver in Nevada history. Jeremy Bernard is like a mix of DeAndre Hopkins and CeeDee Lamb. Jeremy Bernard would have been the best wide receiver in the national title game. MSU pairs him with the best QB recruit of the 21st century. The history books will be rewritten. One day, Tom Brady will be dethroned thrown by Caden Hauser as the NFL GOAT. Caden Hauser in a Jay Johnson offense will be the eighth wonder of the world. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready for Caden Hauser's Heisman speech. The All-American Bowl made an incredible mistake not inviting Caden Hauser. This disrespectful act will be remembered forever and will never be forgiven. There's nothing they can do to stop destiny from occurring. The puddle people can't handle the deep waters of Michigan State University. Ah, welcome to the deep waters of Michigan State University. I gotta say, because I was accused of intellectual property theft uh, about a week ago by Evan Jenkins of 97.1, so I want to give due credit to Odell Bredham Jr., who's actually sitting in my hallway right now, about seven feet from where we're sitting right now who uh, basically, without knowing it, unintentionally contributed the entire script for that introduction. It was all based uh, pretty much verbatim on Odell Bredham tweets. So great job by him on the script, unwittingly as it may have been. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, speaking of a lot of fun, I've been having a lot of fun around here lately. Uh, some of our best shows recently, uh, for sure. I, I've been really into everything we've done, but this is going to be way up there for me because it's not too often that you get uh, two members of the deep water at the same time. It's actually only the second time in show history prior. We had Connor Hayward and Kenneth Walker, and now we're moving on to the next step into the future. Uh, Spartans everywhere, I think are, are thrilled for this one based on the instant reaction from the picture we sent out about seven minutes ago. It's time for the future. The quarterback of the future across from me, Caden Hauser, the wide receiver, number one of the future, Jeremy Bernard, welcome to the Spiro Avenue Show, guys. Thank, Thank you for having us. us. Appreciate it. I got to say, aside from your football status, you are uh, sort of the envy of my eye because anyone that is just starting at Michigan State, I'm the most jealous person ever of because every single day I wish I could go back for five minutes. So I'm going to give you like the the Billy Madison, like cherish it, you know, shake your face kind of thing. Uh, you guys have such a good future ahead of you. I, I'm excited for everything you have, both individually and as a program. Uh, you know, I, I think we can start in so many different ways. I want to start here, though. Some people, um, you know, that I'm seeing are uh, crediting Kenneth Walker and Connor Hayward's appearance here for why they had such good years. That We gave them such good juju at the beginning of last year. Everything uh, went well for them. You guys have some distance because they they did it after week one. You guys have some time. Hopefully the sheen doesn't wear off. Um, we have a little more time before we see you for sure. Kate, I want to start with you, and we'll be kind of bouncing back and forth throughout this. So uh, I was reading into you. Obviously, I've been following your recruitment and was happy when you landed here. I thought that was a, a coup for Michigan State. And in doing some digging, it seems like this is, I mean, no offense to anybody else, the program is 
as smitten with you, it seems, as anyone I can remember in terms of recruiting in a long time. We pulled this quote, although there were several out there, we pulled this one of Colton Pouncey from The Athletic talking about uh, a little bit about your recruitment and your visit at Michigan State. This is from Colton Pouncey at The Athletic. Ever since he was identified, Caden Hauser was at the top of Michigan State's board. He was viewed as a top target, a prospect the staff worked to get on campus. Michigan State welcomed him onto the Spartan Stadium field, a line of coaches on each side applauding him as he walked out of the tunnel and onto the field. He was made a priority, and for good reason. Now, that was one piece of an article that really, I mean, the whole thing was glowing. I don't know if you read it. Uh, that's quite a welcome. I, I, I was waiting for, like, the part where they're throwing rose petals at your feet. Like, can, can you talk <laughs> about your process on you were a Boise State commit. And Boise State, I mean, anyone can say whatever they want. It's a really good program. They like 20 top 25 finishes the last quarter century. What was that process where you're this quarterback, highly regarded, although more so now maybe than at the initial phase of your recruitment? And you're at Boise State in paper on, on the graphics, but obviously not all the way there. Take me from there to you're sitting here now and we're talking about Michigan State football. Yeah, the whole recruiting process for me was a whirlwind. I mean, I had that shortened COVID year my junior year, so a lot of guys in my class were already starting to lock up commits and stuff like that. Um, I committed to Boise without even seeing it. Um, I just did it through COVID, through Zooms and stuff like that. I had trust and belief in them, and I committed there. And over the summer, I planned to go and do other visits with other schools, and I definitely had Michigan State marked on my calendar. I've just been talking with Coach Tucker and Coach Johnson. I just had a belief in them, and I wanted to go see Michigan State for myself. And I took that trip up there, and as Colin mentioned on that tweet, um, going up and walking through that tunnel, that was just the moment I knew, like, uh, this is where I wanted to be, and this felt like home. And it worked out thus far, and I, I love it here, and I, I can't wait to go out and play on that field, so I'm excited. So they obviously they reach out to you. Do you recall the first time you heard from Michigan State? Like, who called you? Was it Johnson? Was it Tucker? Who called you first? Yeah, it was Coach Johnson. I've been in contact with him for over, like, two years now, so he's been part of my recruitment process, just staying in touch, asking me for videos, and just calling him, too, and just checking up and stuff like that. I feel like I, I built a great bond before he even offered me and gave me that commitment, so I had a really strong bond with him at the start. So when you get past that initial, you know, Hi, Caton. I'm Jay Johnson. And, you know, it's I want to talk to you about coming to Michigan State. The, the thing they all say, what's sort of Michigan State's first line to you in your recruitment? Was it more individualized? Like, here's how we can help you. Was it more team based? We want to win titles here. Like what was kind of their opening pitch to get you sort of on the hook, so to speak? The biggest thing was the development. I mean, Jay Johnson's worked with some of the one of the greatest quarterbacks in, in high school or in high school and college and stuff like that. So um, him giving me the opportunity to saying that he's going to help me develop and be the best quarterback and be, I just really had belief in him. And um, he's brought a lot of quarterbacks from college and into the NFL. And I, that's definitely a dream of mine is going to the NFL. And I feel like Coach Johnson and Coach Tucker and the rest of the MSU staff is going to give me the opportunity to do that. So I really have belief in them and I'm excited to start working with them. Was that, was that hard doing the decommitment to Boise State? I, I know it's so, it's not rare. It's like, it's, it's actually almost weird not to decommit from someplace at least once, I feel like, in the current landscape. And honestly, like, this applies to both you, but, like, yeah. I'll start with you, Kate, and then, you know, we'll, we'll throw it over. Like, is you know, you have the love of the fans, I'm guessing. I'm not familiar with Boise State's, like, Twitter presence. Mm -hmm. and maybe it's great. Maybe it's not non-existent. I honestly don't know. But was that difficult to make that call to them and then face any blowback, or did you face any blowback? 
Um, yeah, I had a really good relationship with their fan base. Um, obviously, it's probably not on the scale the same as MSU's. I mean, MSU blows up my phone on Twitter and stuff like that, and I really appreciate the love from the fans and stuff like that. But um, as far as just Boise, I felt like it was really tough to make that phone call and decommit, but I thought it was in best interest for my future, and I really didn't have any problems with Boise. I felt like it was, it was going to be a good place for me, but just looking at my future and looking at that aspect, I felt like making that call and making that decommitment and choosing to come here was one of the best decisions I ever made, and I feel like it's working out so far, so I'm excited. Jeremy, did you get any, because you were a Washington, I mean, not only commit, like a yeah. signee. You, yeah. you see, your case is a little more unique because it's it's not as common to see a letter of intent be you know allowed to be rescinded. I don't know the percentage, but it happens a lot less often than people just decommitting before the letters in. Right. Uh, you know, so you're obviously at Washington now. The the narrative around you, I have no idea if this is true. The narrative around you is you're obviously committed to Washington. You had a relationship with the wide receivers coach there, and you know the head coach too. <clears throat> uh, head coach Jimmy Lake gets let go. Your receivers coach ends up departing for Oregon. Yeah. The story is that's why you left. Was that is that accurate? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's part of the reason. Uh, me and Coach Adams, we built a relationship uh, at the beginning of my recruiting process, and um, ever since then, he's been a, a big uh, mentor to me. And when he left, it was kind of, it was kind of like he said, a, a whirlwind for me. So I mean, I was kind of like on the edge of like, what am I gonna do if I'm gonna stay, stick it out, or I'm gonna find a new avenue. So. Did you know pretty sure? I mean, I know whirlwind you're you're reflecting, but like, were you pretty sure you were stepping out of the, or going to attempt to step out of the letter of uh, intent when he departed? Uh, so I mean, w- when I first got there, I didn't think of it. I mean, I was just gonna stick it out, and then I mean, I just uh, talked over with my family, with my parents, and then uh, we made the decision to go back home, and uh, we just started uh, talking to Coach Jay, Coach Tucker. And that's when we started going in and try to get my letter into back. So your your situations are a little different. I mean, because yours, you were farther along having signed the letter, but at the same time, you had your coaching staff leave. Like you're both yeah, your yeah. position coach and the head coach. Yeah. So I, I feel like like were they relatively understanding? The fans on their side seem to be understanding, like who can blame the kid is, is I mean, yeah. I mean some of them were. I mean You guess you got some <laughs> shit when you Oh yeah, most definitely. Really? Uh, what, yeah. do, what, what do people say? Like, just traitor kind uh, of thing? Like, what's the... the yeah, uh, somebody texted me on Instagram, and they was like, oh, it's because of the money or something. I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, I, I ignored all that. I mean, I'm, I'm not really a person to uh, bite into that. But um, like you were saying, um, it, it was the best decision for me and, I mean, for my family as well, I, even though I'm farther than Washington was, but... Um, it's, it's definitely a, a big opportunity for me. It's a blessing to be here with Coach Tuck and Coach Hawk. What's the uh, kind of blowback from were fans mean to you a little bit? Did you get a DM saying uh, how much was the bag kind of thing? Yeah, multiple. Yeah, I got a bunch of Twitter notifications, a bunch of DMs, stuff like that. Just people, I mean, they're just talking and stuff like that. You kind of got to block that noise out and just focus on what you have to do in your decisions. So. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if I screw up at my job, no one gives a shit. Although, <laughs> if you if you call this a job, like which I, I don't, but like if you did – a lot of people call me on my shit all the time. I used to do the show barefoot because I'm I'm thinking I'm in my basement. Why am I wearing shoes in my basement? And then people yeah. are making fun of me. You got to put shoes on. So, but you guys are on uh, that scale times a thousand, or you will be obviously as you advance in your college careers. Like, it, is it is that hard ever to? Because you guys were both in this box in a different way. Is that hard to piss a lot of people off and and just ignore that? Because you're 18. Yeah, both I mean, of you, right? I'm 17. You're, uh, 17. Yeah. 
Dude, you get you get you're more buttoned up than me, man. Yeah. I mean, you're a lot more polished than I was at 17. I had a lot of problems at 17, not legal problems, but yeah. I wasn't as, as sharp as you. <laughs> is that is that hard for for you guys to deal with that stuff? Uh, I mean, nah, not not really, not not for me. I mean, I I just let I just let people talk, let people say what they gotta say, because at the end of the day, they're not gonna stop me for I gotta get. Yeah. Yeah, on that point too. I mean, you know, you're gonna let people down, and you can't make everyone happy. So I just take that with a grain of salt, and I know that. When the best decision for me was to come here, and I respected that, and that kind of makes it go a little bit easier just knowing that you're doing what's best interest for yourself. So Yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt that you guys were entering into the, the, the welcoming arms of a fan base. For sure. No offense to those two schools. <laughs> I mean, Washington's okay, but like Boise State, Michigan State just has such a bigger alumni base yeah. and uh, like more of a traditional. People can laugh all they want, but like we have multiple, like six national titles. Like Boise State does not yeah. have that. Uh, so yeah, I think that helps that you're, you know, you're not transferring to, you know, Eastern Michigan. It's like, it's just, a, it's a different profile. Uh, was there like a, a clear, other than just cachet and it's a bigger program, was there anything, I mean, from either one of you were like, look, I have this, I can go to Boise State tomorrow, they want me, or I can go to Washington tomorrow, they want me, uh, but I can't get this here, but I can at Michigan State. Was there something specific about this level of coaching uh, how nice the sauna was. I mean, whatever. Was what was there anything that stood out? Like, I can get this at Michigan State, but not where I'm at right now. I mean, for me, the biggest thing was, I mean, I walked around the towns. Like, I walked around East Lansing. I walked around Boise, Idaho, and I felt like the atmosphere here just doesn't compare to the school I was at before. So I feel like here, the atmosphere and the fan base and the love that, that I get from the fans and stuff like that, and just being in East Lansing, I just don't feel like I get that same experience if I was at Boise State. Uh, for me, I mean, Seattle is definitely a beautiful town. They have a great coaching staff now. But um, for me, it was most uh, – so I, I want to own businesses in the future. And uh, I know that Michigan State has a good entrepreneurship program. And I know that um, they, it's better than Washington, of course, yeah. And I think it would really um, be a bit beneficial to me and what I want to major in. We produce billionaires at Michigan State, and I mean, you, I'm sure you guys know Darian Harris, right? Yeah. I think he got his MBA or was about to, or about to finish his MBA at Michigan State, and he's the same thing. Like, I think he'll actually be our athletic director in like 15 years whenever uh, you know Alan Howard wants to do something else, not because we're firing him or anything. Um, but yeah, Michigan State's business school is, is fantastic, and the education is really interesting, which actually reminds me, when we had Warren in here, uh, Warren McCree, the director yeah. of campus recruiting, I, I'm sure you watched every second of that episode, but in case you forgot, like we were talking about you. I mean, she brought you up. I didn't even bring you up, but I was talking with her like, how are the visits individualized? Like, obviously, some kids, you know, like stuff that other kids don't. Like, is it everything just kind of a cookie cutter template? And she used you as an example. She said you wanted to meet with an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. So is that that's your thing? You want to be a doctor at uh, some point? I'm majoring in kinesiology right now. So I feel like just being around sports and also doing medical stuff like that, I feel like that can suit my future. And I feel like there's diff there's many different options, many different pathways I can take in doing that. So I'm definitely interested in doing that. So uh, my dad's sitting here watching this probably right now saying, why, why couldn't my son be more like, <laughs> like wanting to be with the surgeon at 17? I'd be like, where are the, where the bars at? You know, but uh, yeah, I, I found Warren's whole thing fascinating. And, you know, I mean, your example was, in the article with Colton Pouncey where he's talking about like you're coming out to people throwing flowers at your feet and, yeah. you know, fanning you with a giant leaf, like you're in ancient Egypt. Like, was there, what was your kind of reception? Cause you were, I, I saw the picture of you obviously with Tucker. I think when you 
signed or committed or whatever it was, did they do anything like kind of weird or special or off the wall for you? Or were you already set you're coming here and it was just a um, handshake? I mean, I, I was already set that I was coming here. So it was nothing. Uh, it was nothing big. It was, it was nothing. Like, no pomp and circumstance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, I always say with recruiting, um, it's not really my beat. Like I, not that I acknowledge the importance of it. It's obviously a, the lifeblood of the program. I know it's important. I'm not one of those people. Oh, it's overrated. I just have like too much stuff going on. I can't follow it. But you two are like kind of the exception of where I was aware of you and from Odell Breton uh, blowing, you know, up, uh, Kate in particular. Uh, I, we pulled this this quote from Connor Muldowney, who's a friend of mine, has been on the show talking specifically about you, Jeremy. I thought this was an interesting perspective on the program at large and tying you in. So this is Connor Muldowney writing for Spartan Avenue, not Spiro Avenue, Spartan Avenue. Quote, the flip of Jeremy Bernard is a sign of things to come. Mel Tucker has pieced together Michigan State's best class since 2016, and most of the commitments came from before the season. Just imagine how elite his classes will be when he can sell the on-field results like his 11-2 Peach Bowl winning season. Bernard was a crown jewel of Washington's class, but he decided to join Mel Tucker and company instead. So you're getting put as like sort of the shining example of like things were going pretty well, but like look what Mel just pulled off sort of at, at the buzzer with um, you know Bernard coming from Washington to Michigan State. What's kind of like the buzz to you up there in general? Because we brought this up before. Tucker's talked about it openly. He wants to win national titles. Like he's yeah. not in this business, and this is for either one of you. But he's not in this business of let's go ten and two and you know be Iowa. No offense to Iowa, but like <laughs> ten and two, they usually peak and then they get blown out in whatever bowl game. Like he doesn't. He has no interest in that. He's talked about it openly. Connor puts you in in sort of this perspective of this is a sign of elite things to come. You were one of the first seeds planted, and really kind of goes back to you too, Kaitlyn, as well. Like, do you guys sense the, the the vibe up there? Do you guys talk about national titles or competing at that level? Is that a thing that's even on your radar at this oh, point? Yeah. I mean, that's one of my first goals is to win a national title. And I know being under Coach Tuck, I'll be able to do that. He has all the right um, he has right, all the right tools, all the right players, all the the good players um, to be able to do that. So, I mean, I'm I'm in a great position. Yeah. Uh, my end too I mean as much as you love like the fan base and the Twitter and all the love and stuff like that we're here to win football games and I'm um, just meeting with coach Tucker and having already with team meetings stuff like that and seeing his vision for the program and seeing the recruits he's bringing in you can tell everyone's starting to buy into his vision and what he wants for this team and that's to win national titles yeah I mean you can take a look around and uh you know you guys walked through the house obviously yeah. you're, you're in like a Spartan layer essentially so this is coming from a place of love in terms of the program not like judgment but I got to shoot you straight. I was at uh, almost every good moment of the 2015 season. I know you guys were like seven years old at that point. <laughs> but 2015, magical year for Michigan State. Ends up going to the college football playoff. It shocks Ohio State down the road with a second and third string quarterback. It was a magical year. And so I, I drive down to Dallas. My wife's like seven and a half months pregnant. We rent a giant RV that none of us were qualified to drive. One of us ended up crashing it. No no one hurt. Uh but I saw what happened against Alabama. Hung in for a half and got our doors blown off. We saw Michigan as the best team in the Big Ten. Couldn't beat us, but top to bottom, overall, the best team in the Big Ten this year, I think, objectively, as much as it pains me to say it. We saw what happened to them. The score was actually misleading. Georgia could have beaten them by 70 if they felt like it. They took the foot off the gas. I, I do just wonder, 
can anybody except Ohio State in this conference really do it? Do you guys, I mean, I assume you watched at least part of the college football playoff being football fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you watch that and say, oh, shit, like we're, we're just not that team or we're never going to be that team? Does that scare you at all? Because it scares me when I watch that for a guy that wants to win a national title. Does that put any fear of God into you guys? I mean, not at all. I mean, if you saw like earlier in the season, Michigan State was put in top three ranks nationally. So you could definitely get up there. And I feel like if we get into that position with recruits we have and the the progress and the hill we're going up right now, I feel like we could definitely compete with those top teams. Yeah. I can't really uh, say much about it because I wasn't here throughout the whole process of Michigan State. But I can just tell by the season they had and what they want to do and the goals that Coach Tuck has, he wants to win a national title. And he, like I say, he has a person to do it. Yeah, I mean, the argument for Michigan State, which I'm always happy to make, was 2013, the Rose Bowl year, we're going, you guys were even younger then, obviously, but a lot of people have said if the college football playoff was in place then, that team would have won the whole thing. They were 13-1, and the one loss in Notre Dame was like objectively controversial, where even objective analysts were saying the pass interference flags were egregious. And if they could get to the doorstep of being the best team in the country, if not being the best team in the country, before they spent all this money on facilities and recruiting and enhancing everything across the board, why couldn't they go one inch farther with all those resources in place? I think that's sort of the argument. But so you guys, is that a discussed thing up there? I know like personally you guys want that, but do you guys talk about titles up there? Was that sold to you in recruiting at all? Um, Yeah. So when I first got here, um, I had a a meeting with Coach Tuck. Um, He just sat down and told me, he was like, uh, I'm glad to have you here. And you know what you came here for is to win national titles and and make it to the next level, which is the NFL. Were you dealing with Courtney Hawkins uh, primarily, or was it Jay Johnson with you? Uh, yeah, it was, it was both. It was Coach uh, Jay and Coach Hawk. Yeah, is, is Hawkins a pretty cool guy? I've heard nice things about Hawkins. Oh uh, yeah, he he's chill. He's mellow. Um, he's a great coach. He's gonna coach you the right way, teach you the right things, and he's gonna do his best to get you to the next level. I, I'm excited for both you guys, and I, I take my enthusiasm cues from Odell out there in the hallway. If Odell tells me to be excited about somebody, I'm excited. But uh, I mean, your guys' highlights—we threw a couple of them, obviously, in the intro. But uh, does that does the high school like connection, the fact that you guys know each other, matter? Because everyone jokes about the Reed and Thorn thing, but I actually think there is something to that. Like they know where they're going and what they're doing. Does that help you guys at all? Like coming in having known each other prior. Um, yeah, I mean, the relationship we had, it was very good. I mean, we, we haven't played with each other for about two years. So, I mean, it, I mean, we've been throwing. So, I mean, the connection is getting back real easy. Yeah. I feel like just the bond, not even on the football field, just in life and being friends and being my brother and stuff like that. I feel like that's just going to transition on the football field really well. Um, yeah, we haven't played for two years, but I mean, we're going out, we're throwing, we're going to start building that connection back and just having him being my roommate and stuff like that too. I feel like it's just going to transition to the football field really well. So I can't wait. Do they have you in the dorms up there? I can't remember what they we're do. We're in University there. Village. So it's yeah. a pretty nice, yeah. it's a pretty nice setup we got. Uh, I, yeah, I'm all for you guys like being good. I want the football players to have the nicest accommodations because that's what we have to compete with down yeah. south and all that. But yeah, I, I think the personal thing is as much, it's not just like knowing where you are in the field, it's just the trust and having the camaraderie. For sure. Were you part of the recruitment? recruitment at all because you you tweeted the the stay tuned or whatever it was eyeball thing right that was you yeah you mentioned it before he did so yeah. were you were you working the phones there a little bit yeah I was talking to him before he was even like got out of his NLI or whatever and um he he stayed at Washington I was like oh I mean we missed out on that but then his coach left and I texted him like hey man what are we doing like what's the move are we coming here or what and he was really interested and he felt like it was the right decision and 
I just I had a feeling that he was going to come here, so I tweeted that out just to get fans excited and stuff like that, and it all worked out. And I can't I so so excited he's here and just can't wait to get on the field and start throwing with him. Good job by you. Did did you have uh, permission to to tweet the the teaser? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it. He, he didn't. He didn't ask, but I I, I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. You, you you implied. I think we, we think we both knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Knew it was going to happen. Well, I, I think that you know all the. Yeah, my buddy Justin Thin will be mad at me uh, for forgetting what's it called. Um, the crystal ball thing that they do. Yeah. Like you were you were lighting it up like, you know, just the the, the blue skies of Oregon yeah. with uh, the crystal ball coming to Michigan State. So some people obviously knew that's where the buzz was. Yeah. Everybody knew when you tweeted that. Like what yeah. you were talking about. It's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> like if there was one holdout on the crystal ball, they they crossed yeah. over into the plane of confidence. But yeah, they they, they kind of they kind of knew when I posted my uh decommitment from Washington. It was like he's in the Eastern Time Zone. I was like, wow. Oh, yeah, I, did, I didn't even Twitter. think about it because I, I posted it like, like ten at night, and then it's like seven back at home. So they was like, oh, he posted in Eastern Time Zone. He's here in Michigan. Whatever. Oh yeah, don't underestimate these people, yeah, man. I know. <laughs> they, will, they will be like, they'll be zooming in on the corner and try to see if you have like a tab open up saying like places to eat in East Lansing or something. Like they they will do a forensic analysis of anything you put out there. So. Yeah, I, I did see the thing of he's in the Eastern Time Zone, but to me it was like once the decommitment came out, it was pretty understood to some people that know the stuff that you were coming. But yeah. do you remember what was what was his pitch to you? Was it just like, hey man, let's let's do it, or was he was he telling you the yeah he, facilities yeah, are nice or what yeah was basically about? I mean that's basically what he said. He didn't say anything about the the facilities or anything. He's just like, come on, bro, let's do it, let's go in the natty. And then his his dad texted me also. He was like, let's go, come be a Spartan or whatever. You got the, you got the dad involved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys do know each other, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, good good job by you. Do you know any other like four star really good any <laughs> I got position? A, I got to look. We got to look. We're yeah. Still working on it. So are there any? Uh, Good cornerbacks there at uh, yeah. pretty high school or, or strong safeties. That's <laughs> uh sorry. Uh like half the team watches the show at this point, so I gotta be careful what yeah. I say. So I want to transition to your to your head coach. Now, this is where I always land with the Michigan State football guests. I because I I have three pieces of art of Mel Tucker on my wall. I've commissioned two paintings and there's a, a portrait in the bathroom. I don't know if you saw, he's like staring at you. Yeah, the bathroom in there. So he's you know, <laughs> he's watching you everywhere, he's like Santa Claus. I'm so fascinated by the cult of personality with him. Uh, he's a guy I'm dying to get in here, first of all. He's, yeah. he's like on my short list of two or three with coaches, though, that I just, I'd love to sit with. Um, we'll start here. When we brought this up with Connor Hayward and, and Kenneth Walker, I asked them what I'm going to ask you in a moment of just, what is it about the guy? Like, the, do you guys care? Because the fans eat this shit up. Like, do the players actually care? What is it like? What is he like? This was their reaction when they were on the show, and then we'll get into you guys. He comes <laughs> every day with new pairs of shoes, <laughs> trying to look all nice in his Lulu joggers, you know, with his um, Perrier water. Super, <laughs> super bougie, but. Actually threw me off the first time I ever seen him post. Like, because he had, like, J's on, like. He got better shoe game than me, bro. Like, <laughs> like, let me get some. Let me like, get some. On. Like, cause like you know, we in practice is meat and potatoes and stuff like that. No flair, none of that. Then I see his Instagram and he posting Jordans and stuff. Like, dang. So there's there's a lot of reasons to come to Michigan State before Mel Tucker got here. Storied program, you know, nice facilities, all that. Uh, there's good position coaches here. We've mentioned a few of them. Good coordinators. How much is Mel Tucker's? presence here and what he is and what he represents how much of that was a component here was it 40 percent of the pie are you here almost entirely because of mel tucker i mean whoever wants to jump in but like i'm curious i'm fascinated by the magnetism of him and what 
role that played for both you sitting here today as Spartans? Yeah, I mean, I'll kind of start, but I mean, just my first ever like impression of him was me walking out. There's a bunch of pictures of it, me walking out in the stadium and having a conversation with him and um, just seeing videos of him like in game stuff like that. He's super fired up, super like energized on the and motivating guys. And they kind of it's like a sense of intimidation there. So you, you want to make a good first impression and stuff like that. But once we did the home visit, I mean, he came to my house and you just want like I clean the house stuff and like get everything ready. And he's just once I met him, he's just super mellow, super down to earth. And once you like actually get to know him and talk to him and stuff like that, you you have a sense of like bond and trust with him and that translates on the football field and still just talking with him. I just have that sense of trust and I, I just can't wait. So I'm excited. Yeah, go, go, ahead. No, go, ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, well, the sense of trust was a big theme when I spoke with Lauren McCree a week and a half ago or so. You know, she said our big thing, our ethos, if you will, with recruiting and I think it's more implied than it is on the wall somewhere in some handbook or whatever. She said we are a genuine operation in terms of the recruiting team, like in the coaching staff, that they don't want to be like kind of over the top, like embarrassing kind of fake with you. They're going to shoot you straight. When Tucker first got here, there were a lot of guys that left the program like within a week because apparently reportedly he was telling guys like, look, I don't have a spot for you. Like you're not going to play. Like he just shoots guys straight. So the trust and kind of straightforwardness was – a big thing that Warren was playing up. Is that kind of reflective of your vibe from him? I know you haven't been sort of in the Michigan State atmosphere as long as Caton has, but do you yeah. do you get he's like a genuine kind of straight shooter? Is that a, a big thing up there? Oh, no, yeah, definitely. If he didn't want me here, he would, he would definitely probably uh, tell me or tell, tell Coach Jay, like, uh, I don't want him want him here. But um, he told Coach Jay, he was like, yeah, I definitely I definitely want him here. I want him with the guys. I, I feel like he could be one of our, our big um, – our big aspects, and he could help us win games and be a big part of this program. Does the swag stuff matter? Because the fans do love it, like the cigars, the Jordans. Because Kenneth Walker likes the Jordans. So, yeah. I mean, we got him on tape saying he liked the Jordan stuff. Like, I know that's not why you would come, but, like, does that matter to you guys? Because the fans think that you guys eat that shit up, but fans oh, yeah. get stuff wrong all the time. Definitely, like, you got to have swag. Like, if your coach <laughs> got swag, you're you going to have that confidence, too. Like, I mean, I like to wear Jordans, too. Uh, I think it was Coach Jay. He was like, you better have your best shoes because Coach Tug got all of them. And when I walked in his office, I saw his shoes. I was like, dang, I'm trying to get like you, Coach. Yeah. Does that matter to you, that stuff? Yeah, and I feel like that, too. He has a really good job relating with with younger guys, and that goes along with recruiting, too. If he can relate, it's like wearing nice shoes and having a bunch of flash stuff like that and relating with younger guys, it, it pulls guys into his program, and I feel like it's worked out in the best interest so far. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm a big D'Antonio fan and always will be and appreciate what he did, but you do see the generational change there. Yeah. Like D'Antonio's Twitter presence, I mean, he, he technically has one, but I'm pretty sure someone else is writing these tweets for him, and whether it's him or somebody else you know, dictating or whatever, they're about as vanilla as they can be. It's just like, you know, proud of the boys, go green. He's not, like, tweeting out pictures of his Jordans or whatever. I just, I think in this era, it is an era of where half recruiting or more is openly on social media, you know, creating the graphics. You guys had like between the two of you, multiple really cool graphics yeah. coming from the Blaze Watson uh, team up there in East Lansing. Blaze is a friend of mine too. So I, I think that stuff like really does matter. Fans do love it, but I think it really does matter to to people that see that and it just find them to be more relatable. Mm-hmm. Like, is he, is he, is he, he's pretty down earth when you talk to him. Like, do you feel comfortable talking to him? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's chill. Like he said, he's chill mellow. I mean, he matches my personality. That's what I am. I'm chill mellow. I mean, I really don't talk much and like, unless I'm talked to or I'm, if I'm comfortable around you. So I've heard he's really funny. And that was, I was surprised when I heard that because his, his press conferences 
which I'm fine that they're vanilla, but they are very vanilla. They are like narcolepsy. They'll put you down. But to me, that's not even a criticism because it's like I don't want my head coach. We had a head coach here, John L. Smith, who was slapping himself on, on stage, like literally on tape, like slapping himself. So I'm cool with that. But I, he didn't strike me as a guy that would be like yucking it up with you at a restaurant or something. But I've heard he's actually like kind of funny. I, I know you're still relatively new to the experience, yeah. but is he like a pretty funny guy? No, yeah. So him being really like mellow and quiet, um, he has a really unique sense of humor. And from talking with the guys on the team, I've heard stories of, how like in team meetings and stuff, he'll just like pull up videos of like alligators and meetings and like showing how dragon like deer in the deep water and stuff like that. And his sense of humor is really unique. And I feel like that is really funny. And like, yeah. So, I mean, uh, uh, like, like he said in the meeting, like we had a meeting earlier this week and he said, he said some things that was definitely funny. I'm not going to say it, but you're not yeah. going to, come on. You guys, I, I can't even do it. You can't, you can't, can't tone even. it down or something. <laughs> nah, the stories they were telling Walker and Hayward were telling about some coach like drop. It was, Whoever that, I can't remember who it was. He said there's one like lunatic on the coaching staff who's like super, super intense. I can't remember who it is or who it is either. Ring a bell, but no. yeah, he they were giving me the good stuff. You can't tell. Is it? Can, can you give me the B minus version of the? Uh, there's no. You can't go there. It's all right. Oh no, nah, probably uh, not. no problem, nah. no problem. I don't know. I, I, he's he's definitely got the the grip of the fan base. That's clear. Sure. I his suits when he had. Uh, a five and a half million dollar salary were already kind of ridiculous. I want to see what he's going to come out with now that he's making like almost ten. I I don't know how much nicer, like yeah. who's going to be making these things now. I don't know how you upgrade that wardrobe from where it was. Um, you know, I I don't, I don't know. I I want to talk a little bit about playing time, I guess, because you're in different situations just positionally and and what's there. Obviously, like I don't think you think you're going to unseat Peyton Thorne like in a few months. Uh, that's a you know, like, yeah. like he's he's got the job essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, conversely, like receiver position is a little bit different where there's more than one guy. There's teams that use four or five guys, even without any injuries at all. So, like, I feel like you have sort of a quicker path. I'll start with you, Kane, being in the quarterback position that you are, knowing that there's going to be some type of waiting, whether it's a year or two years or whatever. Like, how is your appetite for waiting? Because we are in the transfer portal era where if guys don't play, like, right away, it's like, peace out, I'm out of here. Like, are you willing to to kind of wait your turn, for lack of a better term? Uh, um, term? Honestly, I'm not trying to think too much about that. I'm trying to live in this moment right now. Um, the biggest thing in my mentality right now is just trying to be a sponge and taking as much information as I can. Um, obviously, Peyton came off a really good year. Um I feel like if I get a chance to learn under him for a little bit and be able to compete, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can. And we'll see how it all pans out. But, I mean, I can't wait to start working and start competing. So you don't see yourself, like, in a spot where, you know, if Coach Tuck, let's say Peyton Thorne goes to the NFL, he's first overall pick, you know, it's great. And Tuck comes up to you and says, hey, you know, Noah Kim and Kayton, you know, you're my two guys. It's going to be open camp or whatever. And you're not going to say to him, like, look, this is my job. Thorne's gone, like. F you kind of thing. Cause kids have done that. Like, are you kind of of the mindset where like I'm starting from square one, I'm going to go earn this. Cause uh, we have seen sort of the opposite side of that. Like it, where people kind of take the quick exit and that's your right. I always say like quickest path to the field, you got to do what's best for the, for the guy, but like kind of what's your mentality. Are you kind of willing to do the Peyton Thorn thing where he had to beat out Anthony Russo, who was brought in to challenge him? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've been throughout my high school career. I've been putting in an atmosphere where I had to compete. So I'm not scared of competition. I'm ready to go in and win that job whenever it, whenever that time presents itself. But, I mean, I'm always ready to compete. And I feel like if I got put in that situation, I would definitely go and compete and not look anywhere else. Yes, yeah, so you were part of a, a, quote, 
Mickey Mouse quarterback rotation, yeah. as, as uh, Odell would say in high school, which I, I don't know. If, I'm sure the other guy was really good, but mm. uh, the rotating thing doesn't really work. But like for receivers, it's a little different. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if this discussion has taken place with you on the coaching staff, but there's no reason to think you wouldn't play some this year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that kind of your expectation or what my, you think will happen? My expectation is to start. I don't think anything less of that because I know what my goals and aspirations are and how competitive I am and how hard I work. So, I mean, as long as I know the playbook and know the plays, I mean, my talent does the rest. Do you have anything in the way of assurances from them? Because their big thing is we don't make promises about, you know, we're guaranteeing playing time. No, nah, Coach, Coach, Coach Hawk was just like, um, I, I play freshman. So, I mean, if you're better than the guy in front of you, then I'm, I'm going to play you. Yeah, it's merit based, uh, pretty pretty hardcore. Because and we had, we do have like even guys that do play. You know, Hunter Risen comes to mind, son of Andre Risen, Michigan State receiver legend. Where his true freshman year, he was playing. I mean, he wasn't the starter, but he was getting like the fourth most reps. And he's like, I'm not playing enough. I want to go. I, I just your your general opinion on. I mean, obviously you're gonna do what you're gonna do. And like I said, I always defend kids doing what's best for them. Like I think you should. Uh, but do you have an appetite to wait if they tell you like, look? You got to wait to your sophomore year, like, you know, kind of be a good teammate and clap thing. Cause you're, you're a gamer. Like I read some of your scouting reports, like you're, you're a competitor. Would that be too hard for you if, if it came to that where you had to, to mostly watch for a year? Um, nah, it, it wouldn't, but that's not going to happen. All right. I love it. It's not good. Happen. Good. Yeah. It's I mean, not. see this, the scouting reports are true. Yeah. They don't want to, they don't want to mess with you. And by the way, by everything I've read, the expectation is that you would be playing. It is, it is interesting. Like the, the position thing is so different because you were sort of like equal, you know, four star, both heralded recruits coming in, but like, you know, your timelines are, are so different and, mm-hmm. and can be so different. So I don't know the transfer portal thing. I, I don't know what to make of it. Like, obviously, Michigan State hitting with Kenneth Walker is, like, the best thing ever. So I, I don't, like, dislike it. But it is a little chaotic with guys like, oh, I, I played the second most reps instead of the first most in my position group. Like, I'm just out. I, I don't know. It does seem like a little bit of a, a revolving door. But um, I mean, it remains to be seen. I like that we're hitting it hard. But I don't know. For for this year, expectations. Obviously, 11-2 and two this past season. Losing, I think, objectively the best player on the team in Kenneth Walker, but still a lot of guys coming back, even though with Naor gone, Reed is back, Thorne's back. What's sort of the vibe up there? You know, I know you're coming at the tail end of this season and sort of they're doing their exit interviews and all that. But what's the vibe up there for going into next year? Because the consensus seems to be, okay, it was a magical year, but we're going to be back in seven and five, eight and four land for a year and then pop back up. We were all the same people saying they were six and six at best this year, though. So we don't know what we're talking about. Like, what's sort of the the vibe up there for going into next year and the momentum that's been built? Um, it's definitely to win the national title, of course. Um, but we're just gonna take it game by game. We're gonna grind every week, and we're gonna go out on the field on Saturdays and show everybody what we could do. And it's keeping the foot on the gas. I mean, they came off a really good season, eleven and two. And obviously, we want to stay on that progress. So, I mean, it's going out day by day and just getting better each and each and every day. I feel like that's important just to create a better football team. Have you guys? I, and you said you talked to Peyton Thorne a little bit, right? A little bit, yeah. Is what? What's he like? Is he kind of like, hey, kid, happy to have you? You know, come learn from me, or is it? What's no, he's he like? super cool. I mean, I met him like a little bit, said hi or whatever. But um, yeah, just I'm ready to work. So, I mean, just talking with him and. I mean, he's been really nice to me, so I'm excited to start working with him. Have you talked to Peyton Thorne at all? Yeah, actually, uh, twice. So one was in a facility. He was in the training room, and I walked in. He was watching my film, 
And then so I, I introduced myself and I was like, what's up? And he was like, bro, I'm pumped to have you here. I'm pumped to have you on the receiving core. And I can't wait to work. And then the, the second time uh, was last night. We was just chilling, like like me, Jay Reed, and, and a couple of, Caden was there. And he was just like, what's up, Jerm? Like, how you doing? Whatever. So He seems to be like it was Kenneth Walker's team is as quiet and unassuming as Kenneth Walker was almost by default. Like, if you have one of the best five years in the history of a program that's been around since the 1800s, like, it's kind of your team. But it seems to be transitioning to – Thorne's team now do you guys get that sense like it's Peyton Thorne's locker room at this point or is it more of a shared hat duty up there what do you think I think it's it's everybody's team it's not just one person's team yeah so there's no clear cut like kind of one guy up there nah no no yeah I mean I know you you guys I guess we'll find out more in a few months when we get there when when do you guys have to go to when's like the spring game I always forget uh it's like uh April April 16th. 16th Okay, April 6th. That's going to come out fast, man. That's, mm. It's exciting. So we'll we'll get to – now, we, we do this every time we do. It's called the speed round. Now, normally it's pretty fast. I wanted to pick a little bit longer topic. So it's called the speed round. You'll see the speed round graphic, but don't feel like you have to, like, say in four seconds. We can kind of get into it. So let's hit the speed round, Ben. We'll get into that. So uh, this may be a talk radio topic, but I got to ask, you guys are West Coast warm weather guys. You're California yeah. guys, right? So Nevada, yeah. uh, Nevada, California. So you're not used to the garbage that you drove here to be in, basically. is like nah. 15 degrees. It kind of sucks out here. The Michigan winter, this is something I, I was told off the record by a recruit who ended up going elsewhere that they just didn't want to be here in the winter. Like they don't want to play in the cold. Like they didn't want to live here. That was the weather was the biggest deal breaker. You guys even maybe even more so coming from warm climates. Like, is that a thing that was even on your radar? Uh, oh, I don't um, want to play in the two degree shit. I mean, I knew what kind of weather I was coming to. I got a family that lives in Minnesota, so I, I know it's cold up there. But I mean, I knew where I was coming. So, I mean, it wasn't like a big surprise. Yeah, so you're doing fine. I mean, California, you're California cool. Yeah, no. Same thing. So you kind of know what you're walking into, but until you actually experience it, you don't really realize how cold it is. But, I mean, we've been here for a week, so we kind of got used to it already. Yeah. I never understood these guys that, like, throw the ball well. Like, the receiver thing I can get, like, you keep your legs, you know, warm and you just run the best you can. But, like, the quarterback and the cold thing I'm fascinated by because – I mean, I'm not at your level of athletic skill, obviously, but like, if I go out and play catch and it's cold, like I can't feel my hand, I yeah. can't do shit. Like, I don't know how you guys even do that. Have you even played in a cold weather game? You're out. You're not out. really in high school. I mean, yeah. high school played like maybe one cold game. I had like one hand warmer, but especially like these games, it got to get adjusted to it. So yeah, so not too much shock. You guys are doing fine, and you yeah. guys rolled up in here in hoodies. So yeah, yeah, one jacket. <laughs> I mean, I'm good right now. Yeah, so. throw a coat on. You're yeah. good. All right, moving on. Pre-game playlist. Now I don't need your whole playlist, but. Uh, you admired the the playlist that we had going uh, right before the show, Jeremy. Yeah. So, like, what's kind of your, you know, the artists or kind of music? What are you listening to? Like, you strap the headphones on like Mahomes. Like, what are you listening to before a game? Obviously, high school, even played a college game yet, but what, what kind of gets you going? I usually listen to Lil Baby. Lil Baby? Yeah. Okay. I, I usually, yeah, just m- mostly him on game days. Yeah? Yeah. I have a variation. So I listen to rap and then also 90s grunge. I feel like that's a good... Oh, Playlist nice. for yeah, so I've kind of like a two rock and rap. So yeah, yeah, good, good. All right, being a freshman is the next one. Uh, just in general, I mean, you guys were, I'm guessing, the best players at your high schools, you know. And I know you were together and then split off. 
is it is it kind of weird to go from I'm a senior, I'm like the high fan, I'm the best player on this team, probably had a lot of like people that liked you, I guess. It was if it was anything like my high school, the football players were gods there. <laughs> like is it weird at all to go up to Michigan State and it's like I'm just a, another guy here kind of grinding like that transition? Has that been weird or what, what's that been like? Nah, the the players welcome us like we're one of them. So I mean, it's not they're not belit- uh, belittling us. So I mean, everything is fine, honestly. There's no like hazing. You're not carrying pads. No, 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 I mean, nothing. They don't do anything. I mean, it's pretty humbling just to know like you're not like the top guy anymore. But I feel like that's good for me at least, just to have like a competitive edge and go in and know I have to prove myself every day. So I take that and with the chip on my shoulder and go and work in every day. I mean, I'm certain. I'm certain. Like all athletes at your level, you have some level of like a healthy ego where it's like you know you're good and yeah. you had guys courting you and I, I get that. But is there any element where like you're walking into this massive building, you're a part of this program now, and you're like holy shit, I hope my shoes are tied. Because that's that's what I think when I go there just as a spectator. Um, nah, it's just like I come in, I'm like, okay, I got to work. Um, I know they're going to push me, and I know I'm going to be able to push them. I mean, like I said, I'm competitive. So, I mean, I, I don't really get um, scared of any um, competition. Yeah, same with me. I feel like just walking in the building and already starting working out with the team and stuff, you don't really take that and be scared or nervous about anything. You just go and put your head down and work, so. Yeah. Good, good. So I got to ask you this one. And, and as fresh as you may be to it, you'll find out soon enough. The University of Michigan, the hated rival of your now school. Uh, what, what's your take on U of M? Is it something that's kind of already been on your radar up there, like that we don't like them? Is that is that a, a presence you felt early on or is that not really crossed your plane yet? Yeah, I already like took pride in not liking them. So beforehand, uh, yeah, beforehand. So what was that about? Uh, I just never, never really liked them. I don't refer to them at like the name anymore. So I was yeah. obviously taking that, that rivalry and kind of ingrained it in my, my play already. So yeah, I can't wait to play that game. That's you, f- fun. you feel it up there I though. Feel like it. it's a, it's, it's a different game. when you're up here. You yeah. can kind of feel like the, the tension between the two schools, but it's palpable. Yeah. Has that kind of been your experience here so um, far? I mean, I, before, beforehand, I never really had any hate towards them, but I mean, now that I'm here and everybody talks about it, I mean, I got to have the same um, tension towards them as they do. I mean, you could beat them three or four times in a row, however long you guys are, you know, here. Maybe you'll you'll jump early. But, like, it doesn't matter. There's never a, a point where Michigan's like, hey, good good job, you got us. Where I'm actually the opposite. Like, they, they hammered us a couple of years ago in Ann Arbor. And I was like, hey, like, kick State's ass. Like, that sucks. I hated every minute of yeah. it. But, like, good job. Like, I feel like it never – goes the other way like they they will trash talk you when they're three and nine and you destroyed them on their own field like it doesn't really matter that's I think the big theme that you'll pick up on if you haven't already is like they kind of shit on they'll shit on you guys too like on the field uh, Darian Harris talked about it on my show prior before we had the pretty cameras and all that but uh he's like yeah they're like talking junk on the field it's like that was back when Michigan State was like rolling and Michigan was down it's like we're like way better than you there's no breaking that from them so I don't know. You you said you're pretty excited to get on the field. Yeah, in that game that's gonna be a fun point. game. Yeah, for sure. I think I saw one year. Um, I saw like a tweet where they were playing each other, and then one of the um, the Michigan State, I mean the Michigan guys, was on the Spartan, and he was like messing up the Spartan head or whatever. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's standard. The, like the Magic Johnson statue outside of the Breslin Center where the basketball team plays was defaced with the yellow spray paint, and then we beat him the next day, which was always fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a real like. It's like real animosity. Now, the best man at my wedding is a Michigan guy and played hockey there and is like, 
you know, I have a ton of friends at Michigan, so like I'm pretty cool with them. But like the the Twitter stuff, I mean, you guys you guys have people hopping in your DMs. Like, yeah. I don't know if they threaten you, but you should see the stuff I get for for a guy that's not a a high profile like you guys. But like the, the Michigan Twitter stuff gets pretty nasty. So I yeah I, I can't wait to see you guys playing that game too, and we might see you play in a few months in Ann Arbor, frankly, I mean, with your trajectory. So I, I'm curious to maybe have you back after and kind of get your opinion on what it was like out there. Speaking of Twitter, Michigan State University Twitter, we hit on it a little bit. Uh, I think we have one of the best fan bases for the social media engagement stuff. Uh, I think it was CBS had uh, their report of like the top 100 schools in terms of engagement in Michigan State was like second or third in the whole country. <laughs> it's like Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan State. Like what's kind of been your experience with the, the Michigan State Twitter and the Odell Bredhams? Like has that been fun for you guys or is it like yeah, these I people mean, are weirdos? When I, when I first committed, I got a couple follows on Instagram and then I had posted a, a tweet out and then I jumped to almost like 2,000. I mean, I jumped like, I got 2,000 followers after that on uh, Instagram. Uh, also on Twitter, I, I jumped a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a strong presence for sure. Yeah, just having the support from the fan base is really reassuring. So I'm excited, yeah, just to keep in contact with them and go out on the field and show what I can do. Did, did you see the Odell Bredham, like any of the Odell Bredham stuff about you? Because he narrated, I told you, he narrated the unknowingly, the the intro. So that was all the stuff he said. Yeah, I remember, I remember him. I was getting flashbacks. And stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. Funny. So have you practiced your Heisman speech yet? Uh, nah. No, nah, you're, not you're not there yet? <laughs> nah, I got to focus on winning games first. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's not, he's not waiting. He's out in the yeah, hallway. He's, he's ready. ready. He's ready. He's polishing it Sweet. for you, actually. Yeah. So we'll finish here. I'm going to put you through a little Michigan State fashion show. So Michigan State, with the relationship with Nike, it's one of the most established brands with Nike um, in the country. I mean, right up there, but slightly behind Oregon but right up there with everybody else. So we have more uniform variations than anybody outside of Oregon, frankly. So I pulled six. These are six of the most kind of like common ones. We have, um, you know, none of the, we have, we picked one of the standard ones, but we picked kind of five alternates and one, um, you know, kind of standard green. So some people just listen to the show and don't watch their SOL. Sorry, guys, like watch it on YouTube. That's that's on you. But so we we put it one, two, three, four, five, and six. The six different looks up there. We'll start with you, Caden. What's kind of like your your favorite and your your least favorite up there? I'm like in the bottom right corner. I like the I like the helmet on that one. I like the whites too. You like the chrome the chrome helmet yeah, on Connor Cook there. That one's sweet. I'm a I'm a big number four guy. Those the white on white the the stormtrooper look is okay is, is pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, that's like a runner. You got you got to tell me the ugliest one though. We all know it. Just say it. Yeah, I love Michigan State, but those those uniforms are disgusting. The, the, the neon. Yeah, they're they're horrible. Those are so bad. That's drip. You what? like it? That's drip. What? But the nah, other guys my... liked it too. Um, Hayward and Walker liked the neon. That's it's drip. just the pants, honestly. That's drip. That's yeah. drip. You? Wait, why, I don't like you, the pants. I mean, but, okay. but honestly. Uh, Mine was number two. I like the gold helmets with the gold numbers. Yeah, the little old school. That's like my probably second favorite. I love that one. Yeah, the hel- that helmet's actually right yeah, behind Kirk you. Yeah, Cousins makes it. I mean, the face mask just yeah. makes it look ugly, but <laughs> yeah. the helmet's cool. Yeah, yeah. We should have used somebody not wearing that goofy yeah. face mask, but uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, like the classic number three Spartan greens are great too. But I actually like for the most part, I really like all of them, honestly, except for the neon. I you said just the pants are the issue, but that. Giant state font is ridiculous. Yeah. That's a catastrophe. Thank God Caton's got my back on this because every player I bring on here is like, oh, the neons are bomb, man. It's yeah, like, they oh, they're, they're, definitely, they're definitely unique for That's sure. That's drip. The ugliest one is, is number five for sure. 
which was oh the the bronze that the bronze helmet. Oh yeah. man, I liked that one. I don't know. But you like the neon more? Yeah. Uh, well, That's te- funny. Teach their own man. Is that I mean is that like whenever we wear the goofy shit, people say like all oh, recruits love that. Is that something you guys like give a shit about? I feel like that's funny though. Like if you beat like a really good team in a really ugly uniform, I feel like that's just kind of funny to me. I don't know. I just want Oregon to have the monopoly on the like we beat teams in shitty outfits. Like yeah. that's if they can do it, like they they have the monopoly on that. Like let's kind of let them have that lane uh, to themselves. But well, guys, I hope I didn't keep you too long. I told you I'd try to get you out in an hour or less. I don't know how uh, Ben, how long did I keep? Them. Did I keep them in under an hour? Uh, we're at 52, so we're good. Pretty good. Beautiful, man. You guys yeah. did a great job. So I just want to say uh, on behalf of everybody in Spartan Nation, welcome to Spartan Nation. I'm happy that you guys landed here. I'm excited to watch what you guys do. Everything I've heard about both of you has been fantastic up there. Uh, Lauren spoke very highly of, of both of you, and I spoke to her off camera. Uh, about both of you and I just honestly wish you well I think you have a bright future ahead and I appreciate you giving Michigan State the time of day and even more so the Spiro Avenue show the time of day of course thank you for having yeah, thank us. you so much for having us really, yeah, really honor to be here oh, of course of course and uh, good luck to you guys and uh, go green wishing you well guys go white yes, sir. all right so yeah, you already learned so that was the Spiro Avenue show Justin Spiro uh, happy to have two more guys here um, this is this is kind of a thing we're, we're trying to put the the blessing of the Avenue show on guys and then they can go on the to win the the Walter Camp Award and the Dope Walker Award in the immediate wake of having appeared here. So I will take whatever credit uh, wants to be given to me, as unearned as it may be. But, um, yeah, certainly we, we just thrilled to have you guys. And Kane Hauser, uh, Jeremy Bernard, just uh, bright future ahead for them at Michigan State and, and a lot to look forward to. I uh, want to say thank you, obviously, to Ben Augusta, the great and powerful Oz on the other side of the wall there. Great job as always. Made a wonderful video, Ben, you did with very short notice using the script unwittingly produced by Odell Bredham Jr. I'd like to thank Odell Bredham for his unwilling participation in that and uh, for coming out to hang out tonight for a little bit with us. Eric Williamson on his boxer or in his boxers on his couch at home watching this. Uh, thank you to Eric, set designer, graphic designer. We got a lot more coming, guys. Stay tuned. Spiro Avenue show next week. Some good stuff coming. Hang in there with us. And uh, go green. Go white.